kicking it in the ESPN 105.1 studio. Wooly and Farns are in the zone, bringing you the beautiful game and broadcast HD. When people get dragged to a CFC game, they get hooked. I have not spoken to one person that's been to a Chattanooga football match that thought, I, I didn't really like that very much. Every person thinks, I'm going to come back. And the Chattahooligans just add such a unique atmosphere. They just encourage more people to be involved. And the players are doing really well on the pitch. Soccer in general across the U.S. is, is just exploding. It's a sport that is on the on the up and up. It's finally arriving in the U.S. They've just taken this recipe, plugged it in here into a, a ripe city, and that's why CFC has grown. The way it has. From the heart of America's scenic soccer city, this is Chattanooga Football Club Radio on ESPN 105.1 The Zone. Ready or not, here I come. You can't hide. Gonna find. Soccer salutations from America's scenic soccer city. We are broadcasting from the ESPN 105.1 The Zone studio. I'm Farns. Good day. I'm Willie. And you're listening to CFC Radio. All right. So, loyal listener, prepare to lose yourself in this moment and never let it go. This ain't no California love. What we've got here is Chattanooga love. And it ain't nothing but a CFC thing, baby. William Farns got the whole radio waves going crazy. So sit back, relax, because it's the next episode brought to you courtesy of Farns and wiggity 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 wooly. Aw, yeah, boy. Wow, that was something, hey? What a way to kick off this week's show, Farns. I kind of feel like you need to do that all again. I don't think I can. (laughs) That was beautiful. I'll let it guess. (laughs) Great way to kick off the show. This is our second to last show, so we've saved the best for last. And we've got general manager of the club, Sean McDaniel. He's going to be talking all things CFC, and he's also going to uh, talk about the CFC Academy. And in the final segment of the show, we're joined by Jimmy John Weekly. Jimmy! That's assistant coach of CFC. He's also the soccer director at CCS. And we're also going to talk about the final CFC Radio show of the season. It's going to be an awards special. Yeah, we're going to dish out some awards and we're going to talk a little bit about how you, our listeners, can vote. So quick MPSL update. Our friends, Inter Nashville FC, are still in it to win it. Last Saturday, Inter Nashville FC traveled down to Miami to play Miami FC. And Miami FC had a really hot record going into this game. Inter Nashville beat them 1-0. Unbelievable, Unbelievable. result. Unbelievable. So Nashville keeps on trucking, man, uh, which kind of pads our ego a little bit, I suppose, since they were the team that put us out. Pretty impressive. This newcomer to the league, and all of a sudden, they are going to the regional final. So, hey, tip of the hat to Nashville. Yeah, they've done really, really well. That means that today, they're through to the regional final, and they're going to be taking on Midland Odyssey FC, who play in Midland, Texas. That won't be hot. That won't be hot? Oh, no, it will be hot. Yeah, it'll be really hot. <laughs> There's foreign facetiousness. <laughs> so good luck, International FC, representing Tennessee. Well done, guys. Let's hope that they can go all the way now. Next week's show, as we mentioned, it's going to be our last, last of the 2017 season, and we're going to be live. Yep, and so there's no more hiding behind anything. It's hot mics. It's William Farns live one night only. 
It's going to be crazy. So what we're going to be doing next week, it's going to be uh, our end of season awards. This is the first time that the club's done this. So we are going to let you, the fans, tweet. We're going to do some tweet polls for various different awards. So some of those awards are going to be goal of the season. Some contenders are, Farns? Definitely Denny Whitehall's Escorpion happened up in Nashville. Also, you and I saw the Leo DeSmit bomb from about 50 yards out. That was against Nashville in the Blue Ridge Derby. Derby. We're also going to have fans player of the season as well. Who are maybe some contenders for that, Farns? I think you have the veteran players that are always contenders for it. It was possibly Matt Aldred's last season in a CFC uniform because we know he took a really great job down in Florida. We're proud of him. And a couple newcomers who uh, were impressive. We know that coaching staff were impressed with Pete Pearson. Didn't get a lot of playing time because it was such a competitive spot there in the midfield. One of his center mid compatriots, Juan Hernandez, Juanito, El Caballo Blanco. He would be one of the, uh, the top guys, right? Certainly will. And we're going to have fans rookie of the season. We'll have the best new Chattahooligan chant of the season. We know that the Chattahooligans come up every season with brand new chants and they always make us laugh and smile. So we're going to be uh, doing a few of those awards uh, and a few more. We're also going to be joined by CFC's social media mogul. Charlie burning down the house, Milburn. He's going to be talking about some of the uh, social media highlights from the season and a few stats thrown in there as well. Charlie has some radio experience. We're looking forward to having him on the show, and he has done such a great job with CFC social media, taking it to the next level, and he has a great team at VaynerMedia that help him out too on match day. So can't wait to talk with Charlie next week live. And you'll be pleased to hear that one of our most entertaining guests of the season, that's right, Matt Alabama Aldred, will be joining us live. He's now living down in Florida, so hopefully we'll hear his famous Alabama accent. I bet he does the entire interview again in a a very accurate and talented Alabama accent. So moving on, let's talk briefly about the Gold Cup. Congratulations, you Yanks. You have brought home the championship. Most recent piece of hardware for the U.S. men's national team is the Gold Cup. They took on Jamaica Beat them 2-1 in front of 63,000 at Levi Stadium in Santa Clara, California. Josie Altador had a cracker free kick to close the first half, which put the U.S. up 1-0. Josie had a great quote because Kellen Acosta, who only has 14 caps, was eager to take the free kick, but Josie, who has 107 caps, called him off, called rank and said after the match, Kellen wanted it, but seniority, man, seniority. So after halftime, Jamaica came out and equalized. Jordan Morris actually was responsible for that Jamaica goal off of a corner kick. He learned a lesson the hard way, but he did not give up. He stayed in the game, kept on hustling, one of the hardest working players we have in the field, and totally redeemed himself. Had a smart finish really late in the match. Put USA up 2-1. Led us on to victory. Gold Cup champions. That was a great preparation for the remaining qualifiers as we get ready for World Cup 2018 in Russia. Let's get some momentum and march towards Moscow. Yeah, so you talk about the World Cup. That's coming up next summer in Russia. Quite a few teams have started to qualify. The U.S. are not quite there yet, but they're getting close. Farns, who do you think is going to win this upcoming World Cup? You always think about the powerhouses. Ask me live next week when I have a week <laughs> to think about it, and I'll give you a good answer. What about you? Who do you think is going to Well, win? my heart always says England. <laughs> But we always... But what's your head say? (laughs) But we never seem to even get out of the group. So, you know, England will definitely qualify, but we never do great when it comes to tournament football. But I think my my head says Germany. Germany, you know, they're the reigning 
World Cup champs. They were so impressive down in Brazil in the last World Cup. They just haven't stopped. They won the uh, Confederations Cup this past summer in Russia, which is the sort of pre-Walmart tournament to the World Cup. So they're looking really good, looking very hot. And they won the World Cup with a bunch of young players. They were the best in the world, obviously, and they were so young at that time. Now they're only four years older, wiser, stronger. They are going to be top-notch, you're right. Great pick for 2018 World Cup in Russia. Finally, this will make you proud, Willie. So in the Women's Euro Cup, the England women have won their group. So the women get it done. <laughs> oh, so the women. The women doing a lot better than the men. That's Euro 2017. They won 2-1 over Portugal, and now they're going to play France in the quarterfinals. So best of luck to you, Lionesses. Yeah, and the women, so the, I don't mean the women have beaten France in about 20 or 30 years. They have been their, their nemesis. They have not been able to beat France. So this is going to be a huge, huge game for them. Um, I've been following this, actually, you know, the Women's European Championships this year. It's been getting really good coverage in the UK. You know, they've been getting some decent support. The, the tournament's actually in Holland. And it's just great to see the women's game growing over there in Europe and worldwide. Well, there's a first time for everything, Wooly. The U.S. women's team actually lost to Australia for the first time in about two and a half decades, just a day or two ago. But and that it, was a friendly? It was or? a friendly. Yeah, okay. Well, best of luck to those lionesses from England, right? Definitely. Remember, next week, we're going to be live. It's going to be the end of season CFC Awards. Stay tuned on social media because we want you, the fans, the listeners, to get involved and cast your votes on those awards. And that's going to be coming live to you here on ESPN 105.1, The Zone, 12 till 1. Last show of the season, guys. And we're going to put all of those candidates for Fans' Choice Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, on Twitter. We'll do some links on Facebook. We'll talk about it on Instagram. But go to Twitter to vote. And, of course, tune in on Saturday to listen to us live when we announce the winners. So when we come back, we're going to be joined by CFC General Manager Sean McDaniel. You're listening to CFC Radio on ESPN 105.1 The Zone. to CFC Radio. This is our second to last show and next week is our end of the season awards show special so be sure to tune in to ESPN 105.1 The Zone from 12 to 1. Remember, it's going to be live and if you miss any of our shows or you're telling a friend about it then you can listen to the show as a podcast at ESPNChattanooga.com and you can always download it from iTunes. You can then listen to it at work, at home or even swouts. You are filling your boots at Crust Pizza. Delicioso. So we've saved the best for second to last. We're now joined in the studio with Sean McDaniel. He's CFC's general manager. He's the man behind the scenes who makes it all happen. Sean has been involved with CFC from the very beginning, and he's a huge part of the team's development and progression over the years. He became full-time with the club before the 2016 season. Let's talk a little bit before we start talking to Sean about his playing career. He played at Covenant for four years and immediately after college joined the first ever pro team in Chattanooga known as the Chattanooga Rail Roaders. Get this, by the way, Sean McDaniel scored the first ever goal for the first ever pro team in Chattanooga. So after the Railroaders, they then became the Chattanooga Express. After about 10 years after the Express ended, Sean played there for a couple years. When the Express ended, that was when the fateful and serendipitous meeting between Sean and Krubrock 
happened. They talked a little bit about how to start a little thing called Chattanooga Football Club. We're going to talk all about that. Sean, thank you for joining us on CFC Radio. Guys, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. So, Sean, to kick us off, and the question that is on everybody's mind, will CFC play in the MPSL next year? The Chattanooga Football Club will play in the NPSL in 2018. We're moving full steam ahead as we have in previous seasons. We'll begin scheduling for that in December of this year and start to put our exhibition matches together. Uh, But yeah, guys, we're looking to be in the NPSL in 2018. So the 10th year anniversary will be right where it all started in the National Premier Soccer League. That's exciting. Seems fitting. Speaking of 10 years, Sean, what would you like to see on the 10th anniversary edition of the CFC jersey? Given that I scored the first goal ever. Maybe your face? uh, face. Silhouette of me putting the ball in the back of the net from inside the six. No, you know, look, I I think after 10 years, we've got a great uh, recipe for what builds the the CFC culture. So to to change it doesn't make sense at all. So I think just continuing what we've done and doing it just a little better each year will be what uh, our 10th anniversary looks like as well. So it's been an unbelievable journey, you know, going from just over a thousand fans for the first ever game to the 18,000 in that MPSL final here. We've had the US men and women's national team play here in Chattanooga. We've had games against MLS clubs, European clubs. What a story. Can you tell us a little bit about what it's been like for you over these last sort of nine years? Well, and, and as Reed was introducing me... Reed? Uh, uh, Farns. Farns. Okay, yeah, yeah. Farns. As Farns <laughs> we don't know that Reed guy. <laughs> the same group that put CFC together exists today, and that's really an important part of the story. Crew Brock, Sheldon Grizzle, Paul Rustand, Marshall Brock, Tim Kelly, myself, Thomas Clark, Daryl Heald, and now Bill Nuttall, who's joined us just a few years ago. It's the same core of guys that really had the vision and the thought to put Chattanooga Football Club together. And the, the motivation behind it, honestly, was at the time that Crew approached me and the others was um, how to animate Finley Stadium. Because at that time, Finley was about 10 years old. It was in the south side of downtown, which was at that point also economically depressed. And the vision really had more to do with how do we animate Chattanooga more so than putting good football on down there. And to look back 10 years, right, to have a good recall of where we started to where we are today, it's really a testimony to how great the city and the community is and how well they support um, the Chattanooga Football Club. So the 2017 season, in some ways, was a big success. And obviously on the field, not as successful as we wanted. We didn't have that deep playoff run like we all hoped for. We've had the past two years. So in the 2017 season, from the perspective of general manager, what has been the good, the bad, and the ugly for the 2017 season? Well, I think the the good is we still experienced growth in the way we're supported in the stadium. Our attendance grew this year on average, even though we did didn't have those big monster matches like we've had in the past. The Atlanta United was really the one where we had the big crowd, but we were able to draw over 4,000 fans a game, and we were able to do it in the middle of the week, which is a little unusual. So what this tells us is people, notably the, the citizens of Chattanooga, have begun to embrace what Chattanooga Football Club is in the summer. And so when we have those types of fans and numbers of fans in the stands, it's just a testimony to how great the event is and how fun it is. You know, on the field, yeah, we have a high standard and that standard is to always be pushing for a national championship. So anytime you fall short of it, it feels disappointing or discouraging, but you know, we don't measure our success just on wins and losses. Thankfully, we measure it on, are we serving the community well? And is Chattanooga presenting
presented in a great light. You know, the the ugly, the truth of it is we need more games. We need more games to, one, because we want our players to not feel like they have to play three matches in a seven-day period. That's just not healthy for them. But two, I think our fans are asking for it. I think they're looking for ways to spread out the season and get more of the great stuff, but over a longer period of time. So we'll see where it leads talking about where it's going to lead. Let's step back in time to where it all started in Chattanooga with the USISL, right? The U-Sizzle? That's correct. The U-Sizzle. Tell us about the humble but also really fun Wild Wild West of the first days of pro soccer in Chattanooga. What was that like? Well, at that point, the North American Soccer League, which was the original professional league in America, was defunct. It was no longer in existence. And the landscape of American soccer beyond college was void. It was just a a desert out there. So the Sizzle, the predecessor to the USL, was really the only national league that existed. And Chattanooga, Tennessee happened to be a location that served its league well. And the Chattanooga Railroaders were started and we played teams from Atlanta and Knoxville. It, very similar to what the NPSL is today. So were you playing in front of like average four and a half thousand fans like CFC does? Farns, we were playing in front of an average of four and a half fans per game. And that doesn't include, you know, the dogs and cats uh, or people who lived up against the property. It was not nearly the same. We played uh, up in the great city of Soddy Daisy, Tennessee at their high school, but it's certainly not what it looks like today. And you talk about, well, I was going to say, you talk about character building. Doesn't that make you, I mean, when you see that many fans in Finley Stadium, do you sometimes think back to like, man, we've come a long way, not just as CFC, but soccer in Chattanooga. That's kind of a badge of honor for you. I imagine that those first person some memories of thinking like I was there when we were playing on dirt hard fields and Saudi Daisy and now they're playing on beautiful turf in Finley how far soccer has come I think it, you bring up a good point. It's a part of the story that, that the rest of the country, and I might even argue the rest of the world, looks at Chattanooga, Tennessee and sees this culture that supports the world's game. This is somewhat of an anomaly that's becoming standard. The Southeast is really where soccer has taken a stronghold. Look at Atlanta United. They're selling out games in Atlanta. Nashville, their USL team's launching next month. They've got over 40 Seven, almost 50,000 people coming to Gold Cup games. Tottenham's playing Man City this week. The point is the Southeast overall has really become a hotbed for soccer. And Chattanooga is right in the middle of it. And we're glad that it is. So that brings us nicely onto, you know, the word on the street, the rumors that are going around town. Is CFC looking to move up to the pro soccer levels, you know, of Division 3? If you could maybe unpack that a little bit and let listeners know, what is Division 3? What does it mean for Chattanooga Football Club to look to move up higher than the MPSL? Well, it is a confusing landscape. And I don't think anybody would argue that, particularly to the casual fan. But the the simplest way to say it is just like minor league baseball, where you have levels of play. You have your major leagues, triple A, double A, single A. A similar platform exists in soccer. Major League Soccer being the top level. And then the second division would be two different leagues that exist there. One is the USL, one is the NASL. And then there's a third division that's open. There's no soccer or football being played in the third division. What we expect to happen is a league or two will have teams in the third division of professional soccer here in America. CFC currently exists in, some would call it the fourth division, but honestly, it's just it's just an open league. It's an amateur league that uh, is housed under a whole another governing body, but Division 3 would be the step into professional football that 
you can climb the ladder. Now, of course, this country does not have promotion relegation. That's something that's probably better suited for a show in another day. But for us, what going up a level does do, it does offer some more stability when it comes to the number of home games, length of season. It does mean we you know, have paid professional players, the opportunity to put them out on loan, sell the players, bring players in. There's a whole new world of soccer out there. And so we only have one more minute before we go to commercial break, but- Sean, you laid out a great description of D3 soccer in America and a lot of the pros of going pro. Obviously, there's costs and drawbacks to going pro. What might those be that some people make an argument for not going pro? Well, you've said one major one, and that's that's cost. Travel, the expense of traveling. As many know, and have watched this over the years, our roster is made up of collegiate players and not just collegiate players, but international players. Once they're paid players on the roster, we can no longer have collegiate players and we would be limited. Division three limited limits the number of internationals on your roster to seven. So that would be something that's different, particularly for us and our fans. Definitely something to think about. Oh man, the excitement of going pro, but also the reality of it. Tons to think about, tons to talk about. Sean, thanks so much for talking with us about CFC, but listeners don't go anywhere. When we come back, Sean is staying with us. We're going to talk more about Chattanooga Football Club Academy and his role as president of the board. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to CFC Radio on ESPN 105.1 The The Zone. Welcome back. We hope you're having a fabulous Saturday in America's scenic soccer city. We're back for some more soccer talk with CFC General Manager Sean McDaniel. And we're going to now switch gears and talk about the CFC Academy, the youth, the next generation. So first up, Sean, if you could tell us a little bit more about the Academy for listeners that don't know about it, what's it all about? Well, we kind of did things in reverse when we started CFC nine, 10 years ago, primarily was we chose not to have a youth academy involved in our club. Part of the reason was we wanted to draw fans from all over the city and feel like we were competing at the youth level with any existing academies or recreational programs. So it was important to us to start without an academy. But I guess maybe five years in, we had a symposium where we brought all the other rec association clubs, academies around the city to us to have a brainstorming session. How should we shape the development of youth soccer in Chattanooga? And overwhelmingly, the people thought, well, CFC should be at the forefront of that. So it was in that moment that we actually launched and began officially the Chattanooga Football Club Academy. And it started probably, if I'm not mistaken, with nine years old and up maybe through high school. And now it's gone down to include a a identification program for six-year-olds. Attendance is way up compared to where you guys started. About how many teams are in the academy right now? Oh, wow. I think we're we're pushing 40 teams, almost a thousand kids. We're drawing into North Georgia now. Again, like humble beginnings, we started very small. We started with just a few age groups and through the great leadership and direction of our executive director, Matt Yelton, the board of directors who run the academy, we've expanded and grown. We get a lot of support from the city of Eastridge and Camp Jordan out there and kind of call that our home. But really it's become what we had always envisioned it to become, a place for young players in Chattanooga to grow and develop and move on to the next level and hopefully the first team. 
what's the growth been like for the academy and where they've gone? How has it helped Camp Jordan? Well, I think places? I think what you're saying has less to do with soccer and more to do with economic development. For all the great things Chattanooga does have and does offer, one of the things that has been missing is a top flight complex, sport complex that centers itself around soccer. If you go to Nashville, you go to Atlanta, heck, even go to Decatur, Alabama. They have wonderful parks, wonderful football pitches, great facilities, and Chattanooga has just been missing that for all these years. I firmly believe that we're on the the right path and I'm hoping that we can get this across the finish line And because it's clear that when you draw people to your city, heads in beds, economic development, people stay in hotels, eat at restaurants, make Chattanooga their home for three or four days. Well, if you have a facility that will draw them there, it's good for everyone. And I'm hoping we can get there. You know, touching upon those events, what are some of the big major events that Chattanooga Football Club Academy puts on every year? Well, the primary piece are soccer tournaments, youth soccer tournaments, where we can draw teams from two, four, six hours away, which then requires them to come to Chattanooga and stay. So we have a couple in the fall. We have a couple in the spring, most notably the Scenic City Cup, where the various associations work together in conjunction with the Chattanooga Sports Committee to, again, recruit, bring and draw teams. I mean, we're pushing two and three hundred teams. And if you just do the math for one tournament, 300 teams. 18 families times an average of four in each family. Again, it's not hard to figure out that all those people need to stay somewhere and and eat and shop and it's an economic driver. So you've already mentioned it about, wouldn't it be awesome to see a kid come through the academy playing for the first team of the CFC men's or or women's team? How far off do you think that is from happening? Yeah, I think we're going to actually probably see that this year. I think we're going to see the fruits of proper soccer development when we started five years ago with a couple. And, and even the women have some local kids, I say kids, local young ladies who are now playing for them, who played here in middle school, played in high school, played collegiately. They rose through the ranks of the academy and the men are, are not far behind. I think we're going to see that in 2018. As you know, I'm involved with CFC Foundation and we recently had a, uh, a tournament. One of the kids, we were filming sort of a short video for it and one of the kids turned around and said, oh, this is like playing for a real CFC team. Cool moment. But I think that's what we're growing, right? We're growing. The club has this reputation and these kids are idolizing the first team, right? They're idolizing the men, they're idolizing the, the women. And it would be so cool to see kids in our community are able to, to one day play and represent Chattanooga Football Club. Yeah, it's one of the things that I think soccer does better than all sports in they start to build a fan base and brand allegiance when they're children because there's a way to do so they can play football all the way up and support their team while playing all the way up and there's no professional sports that offer that now you can't start playing for your pro club as an eight-year-old whereas in football international football that's how it's done you play for your local club and therefore identify with it let's look at Wayne Rooney where did he end up at the end of his career yeah right back, back is, at the club where, where he started began, yeah. and and I think that's an important piece to growing out into the community for CFC but also ultimately developing kids to play soccer the right way. So how can people find out more information about the academy and and what's the process for a child to get involved in the academy? So depending on their age, as Farn said earlier, we have some ID programs within the other rec associations where we literally go out and watch the youngsters to see if they can fit in and play at a a decent level and grow. So there's really a number of ways, but if they're younger, stay
stay in your local rec association. We have ID programs available there. And then as you get better or want to try it at the next level, we have tryouts and open assessments each summer and we'll place kids then. And you can also find out more information about the Academy at ChattanoogaSoccer.com. And there's also a big link on the ChattanoogaFC.com website. Okay, we're not going to let Sean get out of here without grilling him first with our own quick fire. All right. And for those of you who don't know, Sean is our, our boss, but we're not pulling any punches. Here we go. Are you ready, Sean? I'm all yours. Here we go. Your go-to beer of choice at Chattanooga Brewing Company is? Chattahooligan Lager. Your favorite spot on the pitch to watch CFC home matches? Down by the home locker room. Most overrated professional player? Who? Josie Altador. Now, <laughs> now this, this, this sadly doesn't apply to Fans and I because we're not professional, but right. most underrated uh, professional player? Underrated professional player? Yeah, underrated. I'm, I'm stumped. Hold on. Hold on. Greg Hartley. Here we go. True or false, you know the top secret player entrance to Southside Social for post-match celebrations. True, but false if I'm asked again. (laughs) Old school or flashy? Old school. Favorite Chattahooligans chant? $4 beer. Messi or Ronaldo? Messi. Favorite USA player of all time? All time. Um, Tim Howard. Gold home jersey or blue home jersey? Blue. What happens first? USA wins the World Cup or Halley's Comet makes its next orbit around Earth in the year 2061? 2061. (laughs) Which goal is better? Remember, fans, you can vote on this next week. Danny Whitehall's scorpion kick or Leo DeSmith's 50-yard bomber? So although Whitehall's goal was impressive, I'm going to go with DeSmet because there was actually some intent to to score there. I think Danny was just swinging it for the fences. It looks so pretty, though, but yeah, we would agree. All right, last but not least, fill in the blank. Favorite thing about CFC is? Saturday nights at Finley Stadium. That's great stuff. Well, thank you very much, Sean. Listeners, that was Sean McDaniel. He's the CFC General Manager, and he's president of the CFC Academy Board. Thank you for being on CFC Radio, Sean. Thank you, guys. Coming up next, we're going to be speaking to the one and only CFC Assistant Coach Jimmy Weekly. You're listening to CFC Radio on ESPN 105.1 The The Zone. Welcome back to the final segment of CFC Radio. We hope you're enjoying the show. Please spread the word, spread the love, tweet us questions and your comments at hashtag CFC Radio. You can also catch all of our shows as podcasts on ESPNChattanooga.com, and now it's downloadable on iTunes. So now we're joined via phone with Jimmy Weekly. Jimmy is the assistant coach for Chattanooga Football Club. Jimmy, how you doing? Doing great. How are you guys doing today? Oh, doing great, Jimmy. Hey, first we're going to brag about you for a little bit before we start talking with you. 
Jimmy played at Florida Southern for two years, and then he moved to Covenant College, where he played his final two years of college eligibility. After college, get this, Jimmy joined the first ever pro soccer team in Chattanooga. They were the Chattanooga Railroaders. They existed for a couple of years, went through an ownership change, and then became the Chattanooga Express. Then Jimmy played professionally in Atlanta for the Atlanta Magic for a couple of years. And now Jimmy is currently the head coach at Chattanooga Christian School. And last year he was named assistant director of coaching at the CFC Academy. And he's been with CFC proper, the men's club, since their inception in 2009. So, Jimmy, again, thank you for being on CFC Radio. How's it going? Doing great. Thanks for having me, boys. Oh, man, we are excited to have you on the show. Take us back to the beginning. You are one of the very few people, I think it's you and El Conductor and a couple other people that have been with CFC since the very beginning. So take us back. Tell us about how you got involved with Chattanooga Football Club for the first time. Well, actually, I was at the uh, coaches' convention, I believe, up in Baltimore in January and got a phone call from Sean McDaniel, our, our GM, and asked me if I would go attend a NPSL meeting for them and get some information. And I went to the meeting, brought the information back, and here we are. I mean, it was we were playing six months later. Five months later, we were playing. Had our first match in May, and um, just crazy. It was crazy. We had 1,500 people at that first game, and it was a whirlwind trying to put together a roster. Gosh, it, it's really exploded over the last you know nine years. I'm sure you have tons of memories like that first match was a big rain out, right? Wasn't it? Even though they played the match, wasn't it just a, a downpour and still 1,500 people showed up? Yes. You know, there were probably 100 people in the stands, in my opinion, but <laughs> starting, at, starting out as we were warming up, and then the, a big storm rolled in um, and delayed us for about an hour. And I thought, eh, nobody's going to be here now. And we come out and start warming up again. And next thing you know, I mean, there's, you know, fifteen to 1,600 people 1,500 to 1,600 people standing, you know, sitting in the stands. It was really awesome. Hey, Jimmy, this is Willie here. Um, How you doing, bud? Hey, good, good. Hey, what's been some of your uh, highlights of your CFC career and your involvement with the club? Gosh, uh, I think, you know, that first match I would put up there, Omar coming into the game for us and scoring that, you know, that first CFC goal was a pretty exciting moment, you know. Obviously, bigger. We've played in much bigger games since then. So I would, I would put the, you know, the uh, game against the Red Bulls up there to go up there to New York and play in Red Bull Stadium um, against their reserves. Um, the national championship game was pretty exciting. The Huntsville national championship game when Brian Crossman was our coach playing over in Huntsville, and then you know, just uh, gosh, there's, I could, I could go on and on. Actually, um, I could put up there the the game we had against California where we went down a goal and ended up winning four to one. Um, I think that was a national quarterfinal or semifinal a few years ago. But just a lot of lot of great memories. Been very fortunate to work with the club and work with some unbelievable people, you know, like Sean and Bill and Coach Crossman in the past and, and the outstanding players we've had come through. And to look at this past season, I mean, it didn't go exactly to plan how we uh, how we all wanted to. Right. Do. But, you know, lots of positives. What was some of the um, things that you took away from, from this season and some of the new players that we had come and play for CFC? It was a difficult season for us, I believe, because we're just used to being so successful. But I think the biggest thing is, you know, it takes time sometimes when you, even if they're good players, it takes time when you bring in a new group to get used to the group that you already have. Um, and I felt like continuity was a little bit off at the beginning, and I feel like we were starting to find that a little bit at the end, and 
a couple injuries hurt us here and there, but I think that's probably the biggest thing I learned is that we've got to try to figure out a way in our environment to get our guys together a little bit sooner so we can actually train you know, more than twice before we play a game. Yeah, um, it was a quick <laughs> quick sort of start to the season, right? Yes, it sure was. It sure was. And it's and it's not easy for you guys to, you know, I mean, a lot of these guys are coming off college and, you know, coming straight here, don't necessarily have so much time, right, at the beginning of the season. No, I mean, there's been moments where we've trained once and we've had to play an Open Cup game. This last year, I think we trained twice and then played over in Charlotte. And, you know, it's, it's difficult because you're taking guys from their college environments, some that are out that just haven't played in a year. And you may be putting them in, in a different formation than they're used to playing and maybe a different position. And, you know, so you have those type of difficulties. In the past, it's just kind of worked very smoothly for us and guys have kind of meshed a little bit quicker than they did this year. And who are some of the players that you have really uh, sort of impressed with, you know, especially maybe some of these younger guys that, you know, coming and playing for CFC for the first time? Yeah, the, 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 first, the first one that pops to mind to me is Peter Pearson, young man from uh, VCU. Holding mid, good on the ball, athletic. You know, your typical defensive mid breaks up play well. He's only probably 5'7", but he's fantastic in the air. So I'm really excited to watch him play with VCU this year and hopefully get him back this next year. Even though this person has played for us a couple of years, it was really good to see Sam Well come off his ACL injury and kind of get back into form a little bit at the end of the year. Um, so I'm excited to see what, you know, the future holds for him with us. Gosh, I'm trying to think of other guys. I, you know, Danny Whitehall. He was a goal scorer and just didn't find his knack for us this year. Kind of excited about him a little bit because I could see what he could do in training. So he's someone to keep an eye on. Yeah, I guess there's some, you know, Cameron Woodson who plays up at ETSU who uh, filled in for Juan when Juan went down um, as our attacking mid. I um, feel like he was a great upside, good young man, hardworking American kid. So really excited about what he brings to the table, you know, and like what he brings to the table for this next year also. And you named some really talented players. And one thing that we've often talked about on the show, Jimmy, is how difficult a task the coaching staff had in choosing the starting 11 every match. Because you might agree with this. Let me know what you think. You could set out your starting 11 for really any match, and then you could pick your second 11 from the CFC roster, and that would be a great match, wouldn't it? I mean, the depth of players you guys had was so good. It must have been really tough, right, picking the starting 11 each match. I think that's probably why we saw a lot of different combos on the field. Yes, exactly, and we were trying to find the one that worked, and I tell you, I mean, there are some great arguments going on when we're trying to pick this 11 or our, you know, our 18 for a game. And, and, you know, it's hard to explain to these guys, but it's a different level. And I think one match we left out a guy who had been a former pro and guys that had been, you know, three guys that had been All-Americans this last year at their colleges. And it's just really, really difficult. It's not it's not necessarily always picking your best 18, so to speak. You've got to look at it a little bit positionally. And so, you know, you take a guy like John Carrier who could play three or four different places for us. He adds a lot of versatility to us. So he's someone you want in that 18 because of his ability to play multiple places. But yeah, our inter-squad games, you know, the, our first 11 against our second 11 were very good. So, yeah, it was very, very difficult in picking the, the top 18 and then after that picking the starting 11. To be a fly on the wall in the locker room would have been very exciting and entertaining. Hear those, <laughs> hear those discussions. Uh, I must, it must have been tough. You guys always put out some high-quality players in the pitch. So, Jimmy, let's move on now to some rapid fire. We can't wait to ask you these questions, Jimmy, because they're okay. off the cuff. And we're going to do it. Are you ready to go? I'll do the best I can. Okay. We're going to start off with a really tough question. Jimmy, what's the best pizza place in town? 
crust. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Jimmy, what's a nickname you had growing up or as a player? Fausto, which is my middle name. Okay. Um, and then uh, in high school, they called me Tigger for some reason occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> what's the uh, best Chattahooligan chant this season that you heard? Th- this year? Yeah. Or, this year. Well, no, yeah, this year on all time. You, you choose. Oh, gosh, the $4 beer is hard to beat. I love when we play Atlanta and they're chanting, we we have all the water. We had all the water. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty clever. MPSL team that you love to hate. Silverbacks. Collars on the jersey or no collars on the jersey? <laughs> uh, I'll tell my age a little bit, but I love the collars. Good deal. Your pick to win the 2018 World Cup. Oh, my gosh. Uh, England, right? Uh, well, <laughs> USA, right? <laughs> are, are, you, are, you, are you trying to influence me, Peter? Um, gosh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go and say um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go back with Spain. Okay, average time in minutes that it takes you to fall asleep on the CFC travel bus to away matches <laughs> before the air conditioning is cold. So I would say. Three minutes top. That, now, that, Bill may tell you something different, but three minutes top. That's a fair estimation. Yeah, it's a gift. Okay, which happens first, Jimmy? USA wins the World Cup or Halley's Comet makes its next orbit around Earth? That's in 2061, by the way. <laughs> uh, um, U.S. wins the World Cup. Good job. Hey, Jimmy, thank you so much for joining us on CFC Radio. And hey, how about next season? You know, when we're doing this again next season, CFC Radio, could we maybe do a weekly Words of Wisdom from Jimmy Weekly segment on the show? Anything for you guys. I would love it. (laughs) Awesome. That was Jimmy Weekly, assistant CFC coach and head coach of CCS and assistant director of coaching at the CFC Academy. Thank you for joining us, Jimmy. That's all we've got time for for this week's show. Don't forget, next week we're going to be live. CFC Radio, 12 till 1. Big thank you again to all of our guests. Sean McDaniel, General Manager of CFC. CFC Academy Director, Matt Yelton. CFC Assistant Coach, Jimmy Weekly. Thanks to our producer, Wells and Justin. And of course, thank you listeners for tuning in to CFC Radio right here on ESPN 105.1 The Zone. Signing off from CFC Radio, I am Willie. And this is Farns. And don't forget, keep on kicking in the free world. Chattanooga Football Club Radio is property of the Chattanooga Football Club. Visit ChattanoogaFC.com for news and updates, schedules, tickets and season passes, youth camps, and official Chattanooga Football Club gear. Chattanooga Football Club Radio, a Brewer Media Group presentation on ESPN 105.1 The Zone. Broadcasting from the Home Rate Mortgage Studios, downtown Chattanooga, WALDFM, Lakeside Chattanooga, ESPN 105.1 The Zone, a Brewer Media Group station. Broadcasting from the Home Rate Mortgage Studios, downtown Chattanooga, WALDFM, Lakeside Chattanooga, ESPN 105.1 The Zone, a Brewer Media Group station.